Everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 450 now of the Ron and Don Show. We are live from the Let's Show Up studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about the possibility of Ron's tiny house burning. That's right, as we watch these fires down Highway 2, that's where Ron has investment properties. So we're going to talk to him about that. Also, mortgage rates is we wake up this morning and this was recorded a couple days ago uh mortgage rates on a 30-year fixed uh heading over six percent right now so what does that mean for you and me and the rest of us that own buy sell and hold real estate before we get to that though let's get to this it was a week ago on a monday and here we are on a monday morning and i don't want to talk about the game yesterday with the seattle seahawks i want to go back to the denver bronco game and Ron, want to get your thoughts because everybody in this city of Seattle, they're still talking about the fact that Russell Wilson didn't get to cook on Monday night. Maybe Russell Wilson got cooked, right? Yeah, and I have to, full disclosure, I've had a lot of bit of schadenfreude of watching Russell Wilson, especially when he prodded out his silver lamé tuxedo uh, <laughs> in the post-conference press, press conference. Uh, maybe pack a backup outfit and just in case you lose, but so I thought that was hilarious. Here's the thing. If you're a casual football fan, you, you may have looked at that game and been like, oh, the, you know, Seattle Seahawks won that game. That's not really true. The, the Denver Broncos lost that game more than the Seattle Seahawks won that game. And we don't need to go deep in the weeds on the technicalities of football, but, um, it, it brought me some pleasure to watch uh, the, the way it went down um, just because of all the stuff I've said about Russell Wilson in the past. And, and, and I don't know, I was, I, I, was, I was impressed and I was wrong about the Seahawks. I had said going into this season on this show that I thought they would be a four-win football team, and that still may be true, but they looked better than I thought. Uh, I was impressed with some of the play, and it was an exciting football game, and and it was fun for me to watch him fumble inside the five yard line uh, two times. Yeah, what did you think about? Did you? And I I know your family there. You come from a Denver Bronco family. Did you have any feelings at all for their new coach, who you just spent a quarter of a billion dollars on Russell Wilson? You brought him to Denver. And we know what Pete Carroll would have done on fourth and five. We know he would have put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. He would have booted left or right. That way you had the possibility to be on the move and pick up the first down with his legs or to pitch it, throw it. That's what Russell Wilson does. That's what he is built for. Late in the game to be close and in 16-17, we saw this with the Seattle Seahawks all the time. Play good defense, get your running game kind of going, and then when, when you need those five or six plays that are the difference makers, you put the ball in Russell Wilson's hand. Uh, 
what were your thoughts and, and do you have any feelings for, for that coach right now? Because everybody had to come out and say the right thing, including Russell afterwards and saying, hey, you know, I'm with the coach and, and we have the best kicker in the business. We should have kicked it. You know, that's not the way he you, feels. You know what I think happened? And I haven't heard anyone talk about this. That coach is used to watching his kicker at 5,260 feet elevation. And if you've never been to Denver, uh, it is a mile high, the mile high city. When a person kicks a ball at a mile high, you routinely can make it at 70 yards. Hmm. I think he was so used to watching his kicker nail long field goals in Denver when they practice in all the preseason games, all of the warmups, everything at altitude of saying, this guy can make it from 64. I know he can make it because I've seen him make it a hundred times. And yet, now you're not at a mile high. Now you're at sea level where the air is much thicker and the crowd is much noisier and the pressure is much higher. I think he thought as a new coach, doesn't matter that I'm at sea level. My guy can kick this. And it's just not true. I, I think that probably is what happened because I, I've been at games in Mile High, especially when we worked for the Raiders. I was on the field and I would watch the kickers and go, this is incredible. The punters, the kickoff guys, the field goal guys and warmups. I've stood on the, on the field and watched them kick yeah. 70 yarders in, in Denver. And it just does not happen at sea level. And, and, uh, so I feel for him in that way, but there's no guarantees that they make that fourth and five. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don show. If you need us, everything is at ronanddonsitdown.com. We will see you on the other side of this. When the Martin family wanted to buy a house in Seattle for their son, Connor, after he got out of college, they turned to Ron and Don. Sent a message in their little portal. Got a message back within about five minutes from Don, and he set up a phone conference for about a half hour later. About two days later, we were out touring houses with him. Before they started working with Ron and Don, the Martins kept getting outbid. They just didn't realize how competitive the market is, but the guys worked tirelessly to find them the right house and then came up with a winning strategy to get it. They said, if we go in at this amount, we think we can we think we think can jump ahead and have people close before uh, they intended to. And sure enough, it worked out. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. And now their son has the perfect place for him and his two dogs, and the Martins say they couldn't have been more impressed with Ron and Don. I think both of them said at some point when we were apologizing at how many houses we looked at, said, we love looking at houses. They didn't hesitate to jump in and make this the house for us. It, they seemed very enthused for uh, you know a deal to get done and for us to be successful. And that felt really good. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward and uh, no, everything's great. Uh, you know, I definitely would recommend it. And if you're ready to buy like the Martins or sell, your journey starts with a Ron and Don sit down at ronanddon.com. Listening to my dad's podcast. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on ronanddonradio.com. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. A few days ago, I decided to hike the enchantments, do something called a through hike. It's about 21.6 miles. If you get through it, most people that do it, they do it in 10 to 15 hours. Anyway, 
I went to do the through hike. I'm going to talk about it in episode 451. But as I got up in the morning, early in the morning, about 4 a.m., to get ready for the through hike, I couldn't believe how much smoke had appeared overnight. And that smoke came from an impl- a place called Index, Washington, along the Sky Comish River. And Ron, that is not far from where you, myself, and Gunner were just two weeks ago. Uh, that was vi- that that was near the tiny house. And then I saw on social media that you were kind of giving updates, and it looked to me like your house is on fire. So tell us a little bit about what is going on with your tiny. What happened with this fire out in Index, and and what was that like knowing that. Your home here in Seattle now is flooded twice in the past year. You've had to rip that thing down to the studs. Uh, you lost two homes in Katrina. Was, was that a trigger for you? I guess a double barrel question. Uh, it certainly was kind of a trigger for me. Well, when when you were waking, I had texted you because I was actually up there at the tiny house. I had texted you to you know good luck on your on the the enchantments, and we texted back and forth. So I woke up the next morning. And there was ash falling from the sky. It was this weird, apocalyptic orange. It wasn't orange from the fire, but it was orange from the sun trying to get through yeah. uh, the amount of smoke and debris. And so I looked out on my the deck, and it was just covered in ash and like little charred pieces of tree everywhere. And, and so I was like, wow, this is weird. So I went out, I had, you know, you were up there a couple weeks ago. There's a whole routine I got to go through to get everything wrapped up. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to make some breakfast and, and figure out what's going on here. And I opened up my phone and it says there, you know, Bolt Creek fire has, has happened. It is expanding. I, I didn't know where Bolt Creek was, uh, but I looked at, uh, I couldn't find anything online yet. So I found something on Twitter uh, where it said there's a level one evacuation right now. And I was like, oh, crap. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> honestly, in my mind, I was like, is level one the best or is level one the worst? <laughs> I was like, is 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 Cause level wanna, five? Because you want to be the best. Yeah. Well, no, it's like an is, overachiever when it comes to evacuation. Is it like <laughs> level five means it's next right. door, yeah. or is level one mean like what is le- is level one good or bad? Right. So I didn't really know what level one meant. So I hurriedly uh, ate my breakfast burrito. I I sort of covered everything like I do. And then I started to get out of there. I kicked myself now because I remember this with Katrina. Uh, I did not take all the possessions that I wanted to take because I figured they would still be there when I got back. And I did the same thing this time. Like I, I when I got home, I was like, crap, I should have picked, got some of my tools. Yeah. I should have got some of the expensive items that are up there because like it's just a pain in the butt to replace all that stuff. Then I just packed it away and locked it up like I, it was a normal weekend. So that was a dumb thing to and, do. And looters love evacuations because they're watching too. I I remember watching looters that we didn't know were looters down uh, during and after Katrina. One group was a group of police officers that had a bus and they were going door to door. Come to find out they were police officers from another town and they were looting the city. Crazy. And then to see the guy, and they're like pros. They come in with trucks, lights. It says disaster relief on the side. They back up to these homes and they just start dumping stuff in and they disappear uh, in, in the melee, especially after a storm when everybody's trying to figure everything out and get the grid back up and running, 
I was pretty amazed at all the people down there that had fake disaster trucks. So that was the, that was something I was concerned about for you as well, because because they watch the news and and when people are leaving, a lot of times that's when the looters are coming. And so what I had done is I, I set up a couple of security cameras, and now that I have the, the the satellite internet, I was able to. So I logged on. I'm able to see. Okay, it's not on fire. And then uh, Bonneville Power Company, there's those high voltage lines that come over the pass. They voluntarily shut all those down because they didn't want the transformers to explode and expand the fire uh, into like the Lake Serene side of Highway 2 and up towards Stevens Pass. So they, they shut the power down, which shut down the internet, which shut down my camera. So I was no longer able to get that. So the only other resource I found was this, this interactive fire map and it just showed basically the outline of the fire, but they weren't updating it very often. And it wasn't real time because they were fighting the fire. Yeah. So initially it's like 0% contained 7,000 acres, which is a lot of acreage. And if you have ever driven up highway two to go to Leavenworth or to go skiing, you know that you're crisscrossing over that river over the Skycomish and it goes up very steeply. You're in a canyon, basically. And so my if you're headed towards Leavenworth, my property is on the right side of the river. Uh, this fire had consumed the, 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 the peak before Stevens Pass on the left side of the river. And so it was moving down towards Index, and they started doing some backburning and stuff to try to protect the the 170 or so people that live permanently at index. But, and so I'm like, okay, well it would need to jump over the river. It was about a mile to a mile and a half, as far as I can tell from my property. And I was like, if the wind blows towards Seattle, it will most likely jump that river and then off to the races to take out all the homes. Which it did on Saturday. And what was it? 92 degrees this this past Saturday or, or two Saturdays ago. And and the wind was blowing into Seattle. That's why at one point they say we had the worst air quality in the world, right? In, in the city of Seattle, and then and, and luckily for us, when we climbed through the enchantments, the wind was blowing to Seattle. The next day, when we woke up, it had flipped, and now uh, we are having a hard time even navigating. Uh, because there was so much smoke down Highway Two, it's so like, these firefighters it, it and started, did a great heading east. Yeah, did a great job. They backburned along Index. The weather went our way. The head, the cut to the chase. My place is still fine, as far as I can tell. Power's back on. I'm able to look at the security camera. It did not burn down. Uh, and here's the thing, though, that we don't know while we're recording this yet. They have not said what started this fire. Some of the other fires in Washington, they've already attributed to lightning strikes. They, you know, are able to look at the, the you know, basically the, the weather map time lapse. They do not believe there was lightning strikes uh, in the time frame where this fire started. Yeah. So I'm just hoping and praying that it wasn't some person that was doing like a gender reveal party or something and, and lit you know, 8,000, 9,000 acres on fire. Always blaming stuff on babies, Ron. What's the matter with you? We'll see you on the other side of this.
Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. Mitch, people start the loan process, and for a lot of folks, there's a huge amount of anxiety because they think, oh man, my credit score is jacked. I am not going to be able to get a loan, or if I do, it's going to be a really bad rate. Can you help with that? We sure can. So the first thing we do when you take an application, if you're ready, is we pull your credit and we run it through our credit repair program. And they're going to give us a whole bunch of guidance on how you can quickly jump your score up. So I, we had a client recently who actually was able to a jump. A Ron and Don client, I might add. <laughs> it sure was. And she was able to jump up her score 60 points and actually get into the premium pricing range. So she went from not that good a rate. 60 points is no joke. It is no joke. And we do that frequently. So make sure you call us quickly because a lot of people who don't think they can get there get there quick all right so there's no need to be ashamed you don't have to feel like you're hiding under a rock there's gonna be no judgment on this go to mitch.loans start the process and get the ball rolling he he could probably most likely get you a credit jump as well mitch.loans is the website that's mitch.loans all right, guys, welcome back to uh, the Ron and Don Show again. If you need us, just reach out, ronanddonsitdown.com. Uh, we were just sitting down with each other and actually a friend of ours who is a money lender, and we were kind of chatting about the market. And as you hear this, again, this was recorded a couple of days ago, I think interest rates uh, just tipped above 6%. They haven't been that high since 2008. But you know what I was doing in 2008 when it was really hard to buy a house? I was out buying a house with a higher interest rate, and then you just refinance it down, right? I, in fact, the house that I'm sitting in right now, I bought back in 2008, uh, and it was on the market for 485. It sat on the market for six months. It took a while to actually close the deal because uh, lending institutions just weren't lending. They weren't lending on Wall Street or Main Street. And even the bailout money that the government gave a lot of these banks, they just they just sat on the money, right? Everyone was sitting on the money. They weren't loaning the money. So anyway, Ron, why were we sitting down with a with a finance guy today when interest rates are are sticking at six percent? Why would we be interested in going out? And actually buying real estate right now. Because you and I are of the mindset that it is a great time to be a buyer uh, right now in the Pacific Northwest. And I guess to me, when you zoom out, it's what do you feel about the Pacific Northwest? Uh, what do you feel about the economy here? What do you feel about the stability here? What do you feel like long term is going to happen in, in the Pacific Northwest? And there are some people that, that try to churn and burn stuff, you know, short term. They want to flip things or they are thinking in terms of months and not years. If, if you're that type of buyer, this is a bad time to buy. If you're thinking in, in the terms of months, and not in years. But you and I are not thinking in terms of months. We're thinking in years. And I, I'm still very bullish on the Pacific Northwest. I don't think Amazon's going anywhere. I don't think Microsoft's going anywhere. Uh, I don't think Costco's going anywhere. When you look at you know the Fortune 5, not Fortune 500, but we have like Fortune 5 companies that are headquartered in the Pacific Northwest. And then you have the second tier companies that are still giant companies like the Boeings of the world, F5, Adobe's here, Facebook is here, Apple just moved here. Uh, you know, you have all of these tech companies, all uh, different types of industries here. I don't see a scenario that we're not continuing to hire as a community white collar workers that are very well paid. 
and that real estate, just with the way our regulations work and the way our neighborhoods are configured, there's still going to be a housing shortage here going in uh, to the next five to 10 years. So because of all of that, I am not afraid to, like you said, pay a little bit of a higher interest rate right now as the market sort of tilts back towards buyers just a little bit because I want to hold on to that real estate for as long as I possibly can. And in the interim, that the property value will go up, in my opinion, and the interest rates are going to come back down and you can refinance. So yeah, all the stuff you said is true. And if we were in an economy or in a part of the country that didn't have that business infrastructure, I would be singing a different tune. But because of all of the whole global picture, I, I feel very good about it. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you want our newsletter, we don't sell your information. Just reach out, ronanddonsitdown.com. Get signed up for that. We send it out to thousands uh, about three times a month. And if you need to sit down with us, if you're a buyer entering the market or you're a seller uh, and you think you'll be selling in the next year to 18 months, we should talk now. So how can they do that? Yeah, email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. That's ron at ronanddon.com. Or you can get more info at ronanddonsitdown.com. Yeah, and we're already, we're already prepping and getting ready to sell houses in 2023. Can you believe that? Because we can turn and burn and get a house on in six days. But sometimes if you know you're selling, it's better to take that six-month runway, really do the work, because all homes need work, really do the work to bring that house to market and get you uh, maximum coinage. Wow. As we like to say uh, in the real estate Is that business. what we say? Maximum no, coinage? that's a vending machine business. <laughs> anyway. com. Thanks for making us your friends, uh, your broadcasters, and your real estate agents. We'll see you for episode 451. Before you know it, I'll talk about my run, my hike through the enchantments. Was it enchanting? We'll tell you about it in the next episode. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. All day on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.